Last year, we gave over a million dollars in missions giving. This year, we'll again this year, we'll go over a million dollars in missions giving. Thanks to your faith promise commitments and what God accomplishes through you. Um, we, have, we, have, we, have, we have money in the bank. We have cash reserves in the bank. And all of the, all of the renovations that we've done, and in fact, we should in the next two weeks, our elevator is done. We're just waiting for inspection. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let me ask you a question. How many special offerings did you have to give to make that, make that elevator happen? Right? God, God just has a way of, of, of showing up and doing things. And His timing is perfect. And yet here's, here's the reality. I get stressed. And by the way, so do you. And we deal with it. And here's what I know. I know this this morning, that there, there are... There are some of us that in the room, some of you in the room, that you've been praying about a situation, you've been praying about a circumstance, you've been praying about an issue for a long time. And, and it doesn't seem to be making any kind of difference. It doesn't seem to be making any kind of impact. You, you've, been, you've been struggling with a life situation. And, and this morning, I'm convinced of this, that what God wants to do is God wants to have you turn a very real corner. I, I, would, I would never betray confidence, but, but I want to say this. I had the opportunity to, to meet, because it's important, because I believe that there are other people in the room that are going through the same thing, and, 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 and we're uncomfortable with reaching out. We're uncomfortable with, with, with dealing with the real issues of the day. Anyway, I, I had a, a gentleman that I met with just this week who shared with me that, um, that, that he loves coming to church. He loves what's happening in the church. Unfortunately, what happens is this, is it really paints a real a real profound contrast to what life is like outside of church and, 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 and especially strain in his home. And I met with him and I said this, I said, listen, I understand that you wanted to talk to me about the strain in your home. I said, the strain in your home is not your issue. I said, you don't have a problem in your family. You don't have a problem in your home. You don't have a problem in your marriage. I said, here's what you have. You have stress in your job. You have significant stress in your job. And you can't, you can't demonstrate the stress on your job. You can't talk about the stress on your job. And you have to find some place to get that pressure out. And because your family loves you unconditionally, it's a, unfortunately, it's a safe place for you to, for you to blow. And you can pray all you want about your family, you can pray all you want about the home situation, you can pray all you want about your marriage, but the problem is the issue in your home is a symptom, it's not the sickness. It's very important that you hear what I'm about to say, because all too often what we do is we come to God about the symptom, not about the sickness.
And we, our, our prayers aren't answered because we don't pray effectively, we pray amiss. I shared a, I shared a devotional thought with the men on Tuesday morning. I, I then shared that same devotional thought uh, with the staff Tuesday in our, in our staff devo- devotional time. I, I then shared a, a kind of a recap of it Wednesday night for those that were here for first Wednesday. And, and I want to I share that again. And, and for many of you, this will be the first time you, you've heard it. For those of you that were here in the men's Bible study, uh, and it, listen, even if you were here for the men's Bible study and here for Wednesday night, if you weren't here for the men's Bible study, you weren't here for Wednesday night, where were you? Uh, but it's good for you to hear it again. I, I learned this a number of years ago when my children were, were, were little. I was at home, uh, had, had a few days off, and I watched uh, Blue's Clues. Right? Anybody else remember Blue's Clues? So I watched Blue's Clues. And then the next day, it was time for Blue's Clues to come on again, and they showed the exact same episode. And I was like, somebody played the wrong tape. And then at the end, they said this. They said, we show the same episode every day for a week because children learn through repetition. I thought, that's brilliant. As a pastor, I'm going to preach the same message four weeks in a row. Some of you, you'd only hear it one time, but that's a whole different issue, right? When when the Apostle Paul is talking about how we navigate life, and he writes to the church at Ephesus. He, he talks about who we are in Christ. And the idea of having our, our mind be in the right place and having our heart be in the right place. And then when he, when he gets done with just about everything, he gets to Ephesians chapter 6 and he says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Put on the full armor of God so that you're able to take your stand. Right? And he says, and what you know, stand therefore. Stand therefore with your, learn, with your loins or your waist girded with truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Have your feet be shod with the gospel, the readiness of the gospel of peace. Take up the shield of faith, having on the helmet of salvation, with the sword of the Spirit in your hand. And oftentimes what happens is this, is, is when, we, when we read about that, when we read about the putting on the full armor of God, and we think about this issue of spiritual warfare, we think about putting on the full armor of God and then engaging somehow in spirit, spiritual warfare. Not recognizing that, he says, take your stand in doing this. Take your stand in doing this and putting on that, 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 that spiritual armor. And pray in the Spirit. I was talking to... Um, to, to Mike Rios. Mike Rios uh, w- 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 had me this morning. He had me pray for him because he's been having, uh, lately he's been having problems with his hearing. 
And uh, Mike Rios is probably the biggest champion for prayer in the church. He, he is a champion for prayer. And, uh, and he said to me this morning, he said, you know, as we push to energize prayer at church, it does not surprise me that I'm having this difficulty. Spiritual warfare is a reality. In fact, I, I received a, an, an email from, from one, of the, uh, one of the ladies in the church. And, and let, let me, can, can I just be really honest with you? There, there are some times that you'll receive information as a pastor and you'll go, eh, I don't give a whole lot of credibility to this, right? I'm sure, I, I, I hope you, you do that in your life. When you get information that you consider the source, am I the only person? right? And so there, there are some folks that you go, yeah, this, this, this could be interesting, it could be scary, it could be humorous. I'll give you an example. Uh, I, 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 this didn't happen to me, it happened to a pastor friend of mine. Uh, he had a woman in his church who had a word from God about the space shuttle disaster. Okay? Now this was years after the space shuttle had, a disaster had happened. And after the, 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 the space shuttle program had ended. But she reached out to her pastor and she said, Pastor, we have to get a message to NASA. Because there's going to be a space shuttle disaster. And he tried to explain to her, no, there's already been, it's already happened. No, Pastor, I'm telling you. And God has given me a vision of how it's going to happen so we can save these people's lives. And here was the vision that she had. That when the space shuttle took off, that the force that knocked them back caused one of the people to have heart problems, and he fell forward, and he hit the self-destruct button that was there on the panel, right? Big red self-destruct button. And then they needed to move that button, because it's not a good idea to have a self-destruct button right in the middle of the main panel of the space shuttle Challenger. Makes sense, doesn't it? Please, thank you for not saying that it makes sense. So anyway, just where you know as your pastor, I'll, I'll get those messages from, from time to time, and I'll go, you know, God, I, I pray your blessing over this person, but this isn't something that I would put a whole lot of stock into. But there are those times, there are those moments that I'll get a, a letter, I'll get an email, and I'll go, man, this is absolutely a word from God. And, um, and, and uh, received this email just this past week, and it talked about um, just a, a, a an image, a vision that God gave uh, this woman of the spiritual warfare that was taking place even during the worship service last Sunday. First of all, you do not want to be a part of a church that has no spiritual warfare. Okay? If, if, if the church isn't experiencing spiritual warfare, it's a church that's not doing anything for the kingdom. It's a church that's spiritually dead. And so spiritual warfare should not be something that you're surprised by. It should not be something that you're shocked by. It should also not be something that you're afraid of. Now, you shouldn't chase after it. That's craziness. But it should be something that we have an understanding of. It's part and parcel of the world that we live in. By the way, you can't get away from spiritual warfare if you disengage from the things of God. Because the enemy seeks to, to kill, steal, and destroy. So spiritual warfare in your life will not end until you step from time into eternity into your heavenly reward or the enemy is successful in killing, stealing, and destroying. 
So knowing that it's a reality, then I want to have healthy definition of what it is and how I navigate it well. And here's where spiritual warfare is won or lost. The battleground is prayer. Because when you understand what spiritual warfare is, right, we do not, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, right? That's what the Word of God says. And so we have this firm understanding that the battleground of spiritual warfare is the battleground of the heart and the battleground of the mind. This is the reason why Paul says, set your heart on the things above, set your mind on the things above. And why we're told to put on the full armor of God in a posture of continual prayer. So this morning what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the battleground of prayer. And I want to talk to you about how you walk in victory, how you live in victory. I want you to shift your prayer life a little bit. Okay, Number one, I want you to shift from beyond God's neat let's eat and now I lay me down to sleep and move into a more active, a more engaged prayer life. It's, this is the key. How do I do that? How do I move into a more active, how do I move into a more engaged prayer life? Number one is this. You are a creature of habit. You're a creature of habit. A, B, I know that if I want to talk to you on a Sunday morning, I need to look left and I can walk right over here and you're going to be here. You know why? Because that's where you sit. And you didn't think about it when you walked in this morning. You just came in and you sat down. And that's your spot. Now, if somebody were sitting in your spot, you'd be okay, but that's your spot. Kevin messed with me this morning, because that's not Kevin's spot. Kevin's normally right back here. Was somebody in your spot when you came in? Is that what happened? You just decided you'd be different. Don't mess with me that way, okay? Because I look for you, and when you're not here, it irritates me. But we are, we are creatures of habit. Lisa, what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? You thank God for another day. Okay, and this is a mighty woman of God. I am not nearly as spiritual as you. Okay, by the way, your, your, your response is a great response. Okay, here's the first thing that I do. First thing I do is I grab my phone. It's the first thing I do. I don't think about it. I just instinctively, I grab my phone. And I'll look at the weather because uh, it can change in Orlando, can't it? <laughs> right? Uh, and then what I'll do is I'll look, at, I'll look at three different news websites and hope that between the three, I can get some basic understanding of what's happening in the world today. Right? So, because uh, it seems like everybody has their angle nowadays. Uh, and, then, and then I will get up, full, full, full disclosure, I'll get up, I'll go in and I'll use the restroom. Uh, and then I find my place, I find my place, my place of prayer. I don't even, I don't even think about it. It's just, it's a, it's a natural routine for me. You are a creature of habit. It's the way that God designed you. You, you, you do the majority of your life by habit. If you 
if you, if you approach a set of stairs, you, you mentally only have to think about the first two or three steps. Once, once your brain has an understanding of the space between the steps, after the first two or three steps, your brain automatically moves it from the logic center of your brain to the habit center of your brain. Okay? We are people of habit. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Have you ever, you ever been driving down I-4 and you're driving along and then all of a sudden you go, wow, how in the world did I get here? Anybody else? Oh my goodness. I've not been, 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 I've not been paying attention for probably 20 minutes. I'm lucky I didn't kill somebody. You know, that research proves when, when, when driving goes from logic to habit, you're actually a better driver. Now, I'm not encouraged distracted driving. Distracted driving is a different thing altogether. But when you're so in the zone, right, and you've had those moments too while you're driving down I-4 and you're just, you're not even thinking, right? You're just making the lane changes and you're just, you're like, man, I, I'm like Mario Andretti, right? And it's just, boom, you're in a zone. When I can get out of my head and just be in that rhythm, it, it's phenomenal how life works. God designed us as rhythm people, as people of habit. So, let me ask you a question. When you sit down at the table to eat, do you pray over your meal? Do you think about whether or not you will pray over the meal, or do you just pray over the meal? Right? Pretty much the only time we don't pray over the meal is if we're with a bunch of non-believers and we're like, okay, I don't know if they're going to be uncomfortable, if I'm going to be uncomfortable. We all have those moments, or maybe I'm the only one that's shallow enough that thinks about this, uh, but, but I do have those moments where I go, uh, I don't know if this is going to be awkward for me to pray. But if I don't have that, if I don't have that outside influence, I naturally pray over a meal. Why? Because the presence of the, few, uh, the, presence of the food is a cue. It, it triggers prayer for me. For many of us going to bed at night, it, it's a cue. It triggers that we pray. Now, for some of us, it was putting our children to bed, right? So it'd be, okay, Billy, it's time for bed. I'm going to tuck in. Let's say a prayer. And for some of you, nighttime prayers ended when you no longer tucked your children into bed. Why? Because we're creatures of habit. And that's not a bad thing as long as our habits are good habits. So here's my challenge to you. Something, for those of you that do not have a morning prayer routine, for the next 21 days, here's what I want you to do. I want you for the next 21 days, I want you to, to look at your morning prayer routine or your morning get-up routine, rather, and tie prayer to one of those activities. Brushing your teeth, okay? There's a lot of you in the room that you can't, you can't even function until you grab a cup and you have a, a, and you have a cup of that devil's elixir coffee. Uh, you, you know... You're single-handedly, single-handedly supporting Howard Schultz's presidential bid, the guy who's the owner of Starbucks, because of all that you invest in his company. What would happen if you were, for the next 21 days, say, I will not drink my morning cup of coffee without 
engaging in prayer with the prayer layout that pastor is about to give me. Because here's the thing, if you do it for 21 days, it's going to become a habit. And 20, day, day 22, you won't even go, oh, it's day 22. It will, by, by that point, if I can get you doing it for three weeks, it's going to become a part of your life. It's going to become a habit. And here's how I want you to pray. I want you to pray by putting on the full armor of God. Where do we start? Here's where we start. That our loins or that our, our, that our waist be girded with truth. God, as I come to you this morning, I understand the lies that the enemy is are trying to, the, the lies that the enemy is trying to speak over my family, the lies that the enemy is trying to speak over my marriage, the lies that the enemy is trying to speak over my identity, my purpose. But God, I recognize your truth. And here's what you said. You said that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God, here's what you said. You said I am part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God, you said that I'm more than a conqueror. You said that, oh God. And so God, because of your truth, God, I'm going to pray your truth this morning. And I'm going to walk in your truth and I'm going to live in your truth this morning knowing as I put on the breastplate of righteousness, knowing, God, how you feel about me and how you view me, that I have right standing with you. So I don't need to come to you as a beggar. I don't need to come to you sheepishly. God, I can come to you confidently knowing that you love me. And when you look at me, you think I'm cool. Right? Because that's what righteousness is, isn't it? Righteousness is right standing with God. And we have righteousness that comes by faith not by the works that we do. So you have, friend, you have, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you have right standing with God today. So when you come to Him in prayer, you don't come to Him as a beggar. You come knowing His truth. See, here's where, here's where mankind got into trouble. This is what it says in Romans, that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And the result of that is they worship the created things rather than the Creator who is forever to be praised. And as a result of that, God gave them over to the unhealthiness of their heart. But when we, when we started and we found on the truth, the truth about what God's promises are and how He sees you, how He sees us, knowing that, the, that a relationship is good, it allows me to approach God confidently, not arrogantly, but confidently. My children get this idea of confidence in relationship. I guarantee you, if my daughter or my son today, if they were driving down the road and their car stopped working, you know who they're going to call first? This, this phone's going to ring. Dad, I got a flat tire. This phone's going to ring. And here's the reason why. Because they know this. They know that if it's within my ability, I'm going to make it happen. Now, you don't have to understand, Siri. Shh. <laughs> now, if my kids approach me arrogantly, that's a different issue. 
Dad, you need to change the wiper blades on my car. No, I don't. There's, there's, th- does, does my shirt say AAA? But they can approach me confidently because they know this. They know that I love them. They know that I'll always love them. And they can ask anything. And if it's within my capacity to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to let you know on a little secret. Are you ready? It's always within the capacity of your father, your heavenly father, to do it. And he's crazy about you. Right? And and here's, here's, here's the cool thing. Our feet are supposed to be shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace. God, here's what I know. I know my next step, you've got me. 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 So, in the battleground of prayer, in this issue of spiritual warfare, God, I see what the enemy's trying to convince me of. I see what he's doing emotionally. I see the lies that he's speaking. But God, I see the contrast of your truth. And I know how you feel about me. And I have an understanding of the plan that you have for me. Are you starting to see how the, how the spiritual armor works? So my loins are girded with truth. I have the breastplate of righteousness. And I know my feet are good. My steps are good, right? Because the steps of the righteous are what? What are they? They're ordered. Who are they ordered by? By God. Say it. By God. Say it. One, two, three. By God. Say it again. By God. Say this. My steps are ordered by God. Come on, say it again. One more time. My steps are ordered by God. So when I know His truth... I have an understanding of how he feels about me, that he's crazy about me, and that my righteousness is not based on anything that I do, but it's based on everything that he is, and my steps are ordered. It makes it so easy to pick up this shield of faith. Because the enemy's shooting fiery darts at you. When you got it this morning, the enemy is shooting fiery darts at you. What do they look like? They look like fatigue. Much, 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 much greater fatigue because you got an hour less of sleep last night. And so there are a lot of people, here's what I can tell you. I'm glad that you're watching via live stream. If you're watching via live stream, you're not alone. This tends to be one of our highest days of live stream. The only day that we have more live stream viewers than daylight savings time is when a hurricane rolls, rolls through Orlando. And so we understand the clock messed you up, the battle of the blankets. We're glad that you're able to connect via live stream. But listen, it, you're, we face it, right? It just, it comes at us. And here's what I have found. I have much greater attack on Sunday than I do the rest of the week. So those fiery darts are coming. And they, they, sometimes, they, sometimes they come in the form of obstacles. Other times they come in the form of opportunities, Because if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you what? Busy. So, in my prayer, I stand on God's truth, knowing that I have right standing with him and that he's got my steps ordered. And so, I can live with this declaration of faith. All the while, with the realization that I am absolutely His. See, that's what the helmet of salvation is. 
It's that ongoing realization that I belong to him, that he saved me. And I, I mentioned this last week. I want to mention it again. It says this, when you, when you walk in God, he makes you free. In fact, that's even what the truth does, right? If you know the truth, it does not, Scripture does not say, that Scripture is often misquoted. And people say, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. If you look at the original rendering of that, that Scripture, it was not, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. It's if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And there's a difference between being set free and being made free. And I'd much rather be made free than just being released. And see, that's what that helmet of salvation is. So, when I, when, I, when, I, when I know God's truth and I walk in his truth, I know how he feels about me and I understand the path that he has for me that, that he's given me everything I need to defeat everything that the enemy throws at me, that shield of faith, because I know that I know that I know that he has saved me and that he has rescued me. With that point, I'm ready, I'm, I'm ready to get down to business. And so, God, I'm going to face the day living your word. I've got the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God in my hand. God, your word says that I'm to do this. I'm in. Your word says that I'm supposed to be this. I'm in. Your word says that I'm supposed to avoid this. I'm in. Your word says, and because your word says it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Why? Because the truth brings me to a place where I know how you feel about me, and I know the path that you have for me, and there's nothing that the enemy that can throw at me that will defeat me because you rescued me a long time ago. And so I'm more than a conqueror. My challenge to you is this, is for the next 21 days that you carve out a time in your morning routine where you engage in the battleground of prayer. Those things that are causing stress, they'll look differently if you pray them through putting on the full armor of God. Those challenges that you've been trying to get through, those dreams that seem to be stifled, that you want to see go forward, what you'll find is you'll find both the opportunities and the obstacles of life that God will give you victory. He'll give you victory through prayer because that's where the battle is won or lost. The battle is won or lost in prayer. And it's one praying with the full armor of God. Think about, pro, think about prayers of healing, putting on the full armor of God. See how that works? Prayers of provision, putting on the full armor of God. Prayers of direction, prayers of reconciliation. Pr it, pick it, it works. The enemy of God hates God. And he's not too fond of you. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
the danger, listen, the danger is this. If we, if we, if we come to church and we experience the wonder of the moment, but we don't engage in spiritual warfare, here's what happens. And I'm going to borrow a little bit from next week's message. Exhilaration doesn't do the heart good. Okay? The, the going to Universal and getting on the ride, right? And as you're going up that roller coaster ride, chicken, 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 right? And your heart's going boom, 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 boom. With every chicken, your heart's beating a little bit faster, right? You get to the top, woo! Right? Yeah. We were out fishing uh, not too far from Universal on Friday. Ron Conkeby and my dad and my, my dad's in town. And, uh, and you can hear it like every, sec- every 17 seconds, you can hear, ah! You know, you know. And, and no doubt when the people got off the ride, they're like, that was awesome, right? Well, they have signs in front that go, if you have a heart condition, do not get on this ride. You know why? Because it's not good for the heart. Okay? Those moments of exhilaration aren't good for the heart. Now, let me give you contrast. So I, I regularly run. My, my standing heart rate um, is about 50 beats per minute. When I run, um, and, and, and I'll run for 30 minutes, an hour at a time, my, my objective is to get my heart rate to about 145. And when I do that, when I exercise the heart, what it does is it strengthens the heart. Let me tell you what, what, what praying, the spiritual armor does, here's what it does. It exercises the heart. And if I don't have that exercise of the heart, if all I do is show up here for an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 30 minutes on Sunday morning, it, 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 it could be real easy for, instead of my heart my spiritual heart, my heart for God being healthy, it, it, can, it, can even, it can even help, it can even cause my heart to become anemic. And you don't want that. You, you, want, you want to be right in the middle of what God has for you. So what does this look like? I didn't silence my phone. I always put up this thing to silence my phone. And that's the third time my phone has, has, has made, 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 made a, a, a sound. It's Marvin Couch, who is Marvin's in Bulgaria right now on a missions trip. And Marvin keeps texting me. You would think, Nancy, are you here this, this morning? Nancy Couch, are you here? She, did she, she might have gone with him, actually. Um, I was going to say, tell Marvin to quit texting me. Tell him we're in church. Sorry. When we get to this place where we're, where we're actively engaging as overcomers in spiritual warfare, what you'll find is this, is we grow stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And what you'll find is you'll find those prayers that you've been praying for days, weeks, months, some of you years. And you said, man, I've been praying, but I'm not getting an answer. I'm praying, I'm not getting an answer. I've been praying, I'm not getting an answer. And, and we change the way that we pray 
And we say, you know what? I'm not just gonna, I'm not just gonna say, hey, God, help me in this. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna engage in spiritual warfare. As I pray this through, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on the belt of truth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk this out. I'm gonna embrace the breastplate of righteousness. I'm gonna make sure that my feet are shod with the gospel of readiness of peace. I'm going to pick up the shield of faith knowing that I've got on the helmet of salvation and I'm going to move forward in victory with that sword of the Spirit, the Word of God that's in my hands. So here's what I want to do right now. I want to do this. And it's okay if you do it quietly. It's okay that you do it verbally. But you, you came into God's house this morning with a concern on your heart, with a desire in your life with a burden that you've been carrying for a long time. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a, 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 a two-minute pause. And what I want you to do is this, is I want you to pray through that issue. Starting with truth. God, your word says, acknowledging the breastplate of righteousness your condition with God, how he views you. Speaking about the fact that he's got your steps. Telling the devil he's a defeated foe because you've got that shield of faith. Because you've been redeemed, you've been saved, you've been set free. So because the word of God says I'm walking in victory. So take a moment, even right now, and pray over that issue, praying through, using the full armor of God. And watch and see, even in the moment, what God does. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.